Greetings and welcome to the podcast of Marlene Ellis, the Hattrick copywriter. And this week I'm going to continue talking about Ukraine, the situation of the African and other black people in the Ukraine hasn't really improved. This is something we've got to keep alive and find solutions to. But the, the whole thing seems to be really perverse. Here we have a situation where we've got Russia with, with the, the military might to wipe out Ukraine and the Ukrainians being hailed as brave and courageous people led by the, their leader Zelensky. And yet at the same time, we've got Zelensky pleading with the West to provide him with more weapons and to implement the no-fly zone. And neither of which the West really seems to be keen to be doing. Because why would he still be begging? Every day he is saying, please, we need more help. Now, this is odd, isn't it? Because we're, we're walking around with the flag, flying the flag, really angry at Putin, how terrible his behaviour is. And yet we don't seem to be doing anything other than giving him a lot of moral support. I almost feel as if, I mean, let's face it, we've watched it enough and I pray to God we're not going to watch it again. Rwanda, Yugoslavia, Afghanistan. People have made a lot of live TV out of watching the destruction, poverty, killings. Pointless are just the spectators. And here we are again, spectating moral out outrage towards Putin, but apparently not enough moral outrage to give Zelensky more weapons to create a no-fly zone. And I understand there's a concern that once the US intervenes, a no-fly zone means they're going to shoot down Russian planes that are shelling Ukrainian people and that is said to invoke the Third World War. So we're going to sit back and let that happen even though Zelensky, the person that we are apparently supporting, is really pleading for us to do that. Zelensky takes the position, go forward and implement the no-fly zone as an act of courage to stop a third world war. Whereas America and the West seem to be saying, no, 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 better we do nothing because it might start a third world war. And then we have the sanctions. We put sanctions on, but not quite cut off the supply that Europe get from uh, Russia, the oil supply, because that would be really inconvenient to Europe. The same with America, perhaps not quite so dependent, but I think only tonight is uh, Biden deciding to implement that no oil from America, America only, not Europe. And that's only coming from the demand of the public, I think, not from directly his initial plan. So what I'm saying is that on the one hand, you've got this great, held as this great bravery, we're, we're, we're flying people, the flag, we're chucking out Russian oligarchs and we're so outraged, so appalled, but not appalled enough to really physically run to their help, create strict embargoes, to have a no-fly zone and to supply them with more weapons. We're not that outraged to do that. Don't ask me to explain why that's the case, but it's clear because we're listening to Zelensky making this plea, spoke to the House of Commons today, and yet at the same time, these same people that are desperate for help have time to kill 
African people who have done no harm to them whatsoever. I mean, a week ago, it was reported in the Daily Telegraph, no less, that refugees say they're dying by the side of the road from hypothermia and heart attacks after being stuck for days in the snow and having guns pointed at them by Ukrainian soldiers. I mean, it begs the question, do Ukrainians dislike Africans more than they dislike Russians? And what is the logic of that? What's the psychology of having people that have done you no harm, that are students, medical students, not even political students, and yet your anger is so strong towards them? I mean, isn't that a psychosis of some sort? That even in the matter of faith in life and death, you have got time to direct your anger at black people and you're outnumbered, you're, you're way outnumbered against the Russians, but you still, you still got, I, I, I read on, thousands of students from Africa, South Asia and Middle East trying to flee Putin's invasion of Ukraine into neighboring countries like Poland and Hungary. The UN say, confirmed that black and brown people are facing racism at the border, as if we didn't know. They say that Ukrainian border guards scream very bad words in Ukrainian. They are humiliating us one student said. We felt like a pack of sheep waiting for the farmer to open the door for the sheep to go outside. I mean, I think that's putting it very mildly. Fedi Ben Bahin, an 18-year-old medical student from Tunisia, also fled the city to Dnipro. I don't know, that I can't say the word properly, D-N-I-P-R-O. He said he saw five non-Ukrainian refugees dead by the side of the road. I saw people at the border dying because it's suffocating. I almost suffocated in the crowd when I was very close to the gate. There was no water. I've seen a lot of black people being knocked out at checkpoints. Everyone was trying to make a campfire, but soldiers or guards tried to stop the fire. In general, they come and they try to stop the fire and they really hit us. If you resist, then they hit you back. What the hell is that? How can the, the sights of young black people trying to stay warm offend you so much? You know, it reminds me of a situation. My cousin works as a nurse in the psych ward in New York. And she said that often patients get to a stage where they don't remember the names of their, their daughters, their, their children, their sons, their, their fat, very close family members. They don't remember their names. And yet, she says, they never forget the n-word and they never ever forget to treat some of those nurses as if they're slaves that's that's a hell of a psychotic situation to be in and this reminds me of that because ukrainians are vulnerable fighting for their lives against russia and yet they have time it really is a question do ukrainians hate black people more than they hate Russians who are trying to kill them and are killing them right now. It's an incredible, illogical, twisted, psychotic situation of whiteness. And this is about whiteness. This is about the hatred they experience, they feel towards people that don't look like them. And I'm not suggesting this is an Eastern European thing because we've heard 
Western journalists talk about these are people with blue eyes, these are people... We know this isn't just confined to Eastern Europe, but right now the situation is in Eastern Europe, dealing with this stuff. Ahmed, a Palestinian medical student at a Ukrainian university, made it into Poland, said stranded international students without proper clothes for a cold were falling unconscious from hypothermia. People were just vomiting and passing out. You don't see them wake up, he says. One woman had a heart attack. Two people were beaten by the bats by soldiers drafted in to help with the flow of refugees. There are a lot of black people in, in Ukraine. 20% are black students. I said last week that it's popular because of the lower fees. Anyway, so some of the things have been positive in that three young black women have got themselves together called Sky, Korki and Daily. They, they didn't meet in person, but they've been able to form a, a network of aid and they've set up for black people in need in Ukraine and they've reached thousands. The group is called Black in Ukraine and it's on Telegram. It's a messaging app which has made it possible for more than four and a half thousand black people in the country to communicate and coordinate with one another for, for necessities such as shelter and transportation. They've raised at least 40,000 in a pair of PayPal fundraisers the group launched the GoFund campaign, encouraging people around the world to donate to black people still in Ukraine, as well as those who've escaped. So this is marvellous. So please join the group Black in Ukraine. It's on Telegram and help where you can. So so what did they do? These There's um, Skies from Black Women for Black Lives. She was on a, a second year medical student in Dnieper, I think it's pronounced D-N-I-E-P-E-R. She, her husband, two others frantically grabbed whatever they could and left to find safety when Russia began its attack on the country. This is like uh, written yesterday from NBC News. So Sky, who is Zimbabwean, described her harrowing journey from Dnieper to her home in England. She said that they should have, it should have been a nine hour journey to get back uh, to Lviv but actually took 24 hours because of traffic Ukrainian officials stopping the group nearly 10 times to check their documents. The four of them were initially headed to Polish border but heard from peers that black people at the border of village of uh, Medyka, M-E-D-Y-K-A had faced severe racism. So Sky and the group decided to seek refuge in Romania, but treatment there was no better. Now, I, last week I said it actually seemed to be better if you go to the Romanian border, but they report, no, it's no better there. So they then would leave. They'd be told to leave the line and realize that they were cre creating segregated lines because they'd say, you're not Ukrainian, but of course we know that's euphemism, say you're not white. So Sky started documenting her journey on her Twitter feed while sharing information and resources for other black people in the area. Sky and Daly said taxi drivers would hike their prices for those fleeing, charging hundreds of transportation to borders. I mean, talk about is this a time for profiteering? 
During her own journey, Sky launched the group chat and encouraged black travellers to stay in groups or use the group chat to find a companion in various areas. Once in Lviv, this is LVIV, she increased her efforts and seeing her tweets daily and Koiki decided to join Sky's efforts. Daily said she was thankful for Sky who focused on helping black students even when she was not safe herself. It is this community and group effort that's been able to be key for black students either fleeing or still in Ukraine. The three said they have assisted more than 500 people, helping them to locate shelter and accommodation in Ukraine across the border and find refuge once out of the country. So they've created a document, you see, so that they so that people know the safest areas to go to the safest places for accommodation, the safest drivers. It's excellent work. It's it's really excellent work. So, and, and since this is, they're still caught there, I think we've all got to try and find this group chat, Black in U Ukraine on Telegram. So there's some good that's coming out of that, but it's an onward and it's a terrible feeling. I think about how awful that sense of helplessness that all you were doing was studying there and you get caught in a wall that's none of your business but the target of direct hatred as if you were some kind of Russian ally it's awful it's just really really awful when they get across the border there's nobody there to help them so we really do need to reach out and help the black people that's caught in Ukraine Okay, so that is that, I'll say. Um, there's just one other thing to address, very important. This is International Women's Day. And uh, so I should have started off by saying Happy International Women's Day. That it's difficult to be that happy when we've got all these different atrocities going on in the world. Nevertheless, it is important to recognise the courage and power and spirit of women actually every day. But tomorrow is our first webinar for Black Breast Cancer. I really want you to be there because this is about, this is a focus on trying to change the environment and conditions of breast cancer for people of African heritage. We, we are dying 40% faster than white women with the same diagnosis. If we don't step in and take charge of this, what is going to happen for our next generation? So I'm very concerned about that. And so we're starting a positive conversation about breast cancer. And it is all of us that have to be involved in this conversation. And by talking about it, we build more confidence and we face it earlier and we take control of the action we need to take to get ourselves healthier and to get the medication we need. We just need to take more charge of dealing with this thing. So it's our first webinar and I really want you there to support our speakers because they're not used to speaking. The generosity of their hearts, making them speak to help you, to help you think about what you need to know if you ever get breast cancer or somebody that you love. That's why they're sharing. And that's why I want you to join in the conversation. So it's tomorrow online. I'm gonna try and make it live on Facebook. That's my first attempt at doing a live stream on Facebook. Um, that will be on the Facebook 
page black breast cancer or the swahili name saratani yamatiti but register it's the the voices of experience tomorrow 9th of march 6 to 9 p.m the speakers i've got wonderful speakers jumoke adeyeme she said when i found out everything paused and then the roller coaster ride began thankfully i'm still here and the colors are still glorious i love those lines that uh, jumoke shares Kim Tayton, she says, I learned that you can't control everything, even with those so very close to you. People have the right to make their own decisions. Sensi Miller, as a mum of three, it helped that they were old enough, she said, that's her children, to understand. Sometimes I had to get informed and say, no, I'm just not going to take that treatment. And then there's the magnificent Dr. Rose Thompson. Ah, you got to listen to her. Every emotional sense of my being has been tested, she said. I'm very proud to still be standing, but I speak up because I want to see real and long-lasting change. And I very much relate to that. When somebody says you've got breast cancer, as I had in 2017 and 18, I faced that first real sense of my mortality. And I promised the ancestors that if I survive, I will pay back. And I'm keeping my covenant and I want you to join me. We're all, we all got to do a little bit better to help us get stronger, to find new ways to be healthy, to find ways to get the best treatment. We've all got to share more and talk more to each other, to go forward and just just have better lives. Because as you see in the Ukraine, if we don't take care of each other, who will? And those are young medical doctors trying to train to help take care of us. And we need to take care of them. And we also need to take care of ourselves. So I'll see you tomorrow at the webinar. And and I'll speak to you again next week. Thank you very much for listening and have a lovely week. Bye bye, everybody.